Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're speaking with Al D, the founder of MBAschooled.com. He shares how he leveraged his MBA to switch from consulting with Deloitte into a product marketing role with Salesforce, but more importantly, how we leverage the degree to pursue his passion of helping other MBAs on their journey. Most recently, he published a step-by-step MBA guide called MBA Insider and a podcast by the same name. Can you please start off sharing a little bit about yourself, your name, where you're from, and where you did your MBA? My name is Al D. I am from Rochester, New York. That's where I grew up, was born and raised. And I did my MBA uh, at UNC Kingdom Flagler Business School in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. That's brilliant. I didn't know you're from New York. I'm from New York too. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, born and raised in upstate New York. Oh, brilliant. Uh, I uh, spent majority of the early years of my life until I went to college and family still lives there. And yeah, born and raised in upstate New York. Oh, cool. can, I, can I just track for a second? What made you move out to the West Coast? Just for work or? Yep. So after I graduated from UNC Kingdom Flagler, I... Up until that point, I had lived my entire life on the East Coast, and I knew it, and I knew what to expect, and I thought it was good, but I hadn't really lived anywhere else, and there was part of me that wanted to know what that could be like. I didn't know where I wanted to end up, and so I thought it might make sense to try to look somewhere else and live somewhere else. I also knew that uh, when I went back to Deloitte, I wanted to work a little bit more in the tech industry, tech sector, serve those types of clients, and they are out on the West Coast. Brilliant. That's great. So then you started off your career on the classic pre-MBA path as a consultant for Deloitte, as you mentioned. What sparked your inspiration to do an MBA? Yeah, I think for me, and one of the things that is unique, and I definitely can consider it to be a privilege, is that for me, an MBA was a matter of, of when, not if. And part of that reason is because both of my parents went to business school and got their MBAs. And now uh, both my sister and I actually also have our MBAs. And so, uh, you know, definitely something that was made apparent to me could be an opportunity very early on in my life. And I think in general, um, my parents are immigrants to the United States and part of their success in their own life and achieving their goals came from education and, and, and they instilled a, the value of education early on in the lives of my sister and I. And so I always knew that education was important. And, you know, as I kind of grew older and went further in my schooling uh, throughout middle school, high school, college, this idea of higher education and graduate education you know, became more and more prevalent. And as my parents talked about what made them successful in life, they often attributed it to being able to get both an undergraduate degree as well as an MBA degree and and unlocking opportunities that they would not have had, particularly as immigrants to the United States. So it was just something that was always really strong in my life. And so that's why I kind of always say, for me at least, it's a matter of like when, not so much if, but it became honestly much more real when I actually decided to go work for Deloitte out of undergrad. Um, At the time, and I think still to this day, Deloitte very much has a program which it touts to undergraduate hires of 
if you go to Deloitte, you perform well, uh, you have the ability to get sponsored to go have your education paid for to go to grad school to further your development and to come back to the firm at a higher level to be able to take on more responsibility, more scope uh, and deliver more value. And so out of undergrad, I kind of knew that was an option. But after a few years at Deloitte of you know being able to succeed and do well, I began to have a good sense of what my strengths were, what I liked doing, as well as what some of the gaps were. And I knew that was a great opportunity at that point to really further myself with an MBA, not to mention because I knew that consulting wasn't something I wanted to do forever. I also knew that the long-term value of an MBA, just in terms of opening up yourself to other career options, as well as just my own per desire to want to try different things throughout the course of my career made me realize that, you know, at that point in time, an MBA was a great next step. And so like many other folks, I, you know, kind of went through that whole process of studying for the GMAT and applying to schools and getting accepted and then ultimately matriculating and ending up at UNC Keenan Flagler uh, in Chapel Hill. That's brilliant. And it's really true that I think the MBA is for, you know, for, for, oh, for all of its value, one of the most useful things is that kind of that tool to pivot, you know, to, it just allows you to make the change. It allows you to make a change um, where otherwise, you know, you might be stuck on a certain trajectory. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I, you know, I think one of the things that I think about a lot is the fact that, and, you know, honestly, with a lot of the work that I do around really helping MBA students with their own career development, it's helping them understand and realize that for many students, the first job out of business school is not going to be their last one, right? And for almost all students, that's going to be the case. And so it's important to be able in the short term from an MBA degree to hopefully get to where you want to go after business school. But there's also a lot of value in building enduring skills during your time in business school that can serve you well later on in your career when you do have to pivot to something else or when you do want to pivot to something else. So and we live in a world today where um, I think that we're all starting to realize that the pace of change and the scope of change continues to accelerate. And so having something like an MBA degree uh, in your toolkit to help you make sense of new career opportunities, I think is a great asset to have. There are plenty of other ways you can do that, but I think an MBA is a great, a great one, one way that can be really super valuable. And I know for me, it's, it's come into play already in my career post-MBA. And I can say the same for many of my classmates as well. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it's a perfect segue really to the next question, which is, so you, after doing your MBA, your career made kind of some unusual turns. Um, you launched a media company, MBA Schooled, schooled which helps um, MBAs, as you, as you just mentioned, but also you moved into a product marketing role with Salesforce. Why, why these choices and why not stay in consulting? You mentioned that you, you knew you didn't want to stay in consulting. What was it that you know, why not stay? I think it's for a couple of reasons. I think number one, I always knew that I had a desire to try other industries and functions. And I had a curiosity to wanting to do that. And so I, that was always something that I knew. And in many ways, I did get to explore some of that in, when I was at Deloitte in terms of working across different industries, working on different types of projects, really honing some you know skills across a number of different functions and industries. But I knew that it was going to take a little bit more than that, or I knew I wanted to do a little bit more than that. And so that was definitely one reason why. I think another reason why was because I just realized that 
I knew that, um, you know, consulting very much, and they say this is it's, it's not just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And I knew that it was a lifestyle I could do for a while, but I didn't necessarily see myself wanting to do forever. Uh, it can be pretty demanding, you know, it can be pretty challenging, you know, in terms of the travel and the hours and, and, and the like, and I had gotten a lot out of it and I felt like there was just more that I wanted to do outside of that. And then I would say maybe the last thing is, is that, you know, I consulting allows you to, to try a lot of things and to figure out what you like, what you don't like. And I think I just got to a better point where I felt more comfortable having had some diverse skills of getting more focused on the things I really enjoy doing and the things I'm really good at. And even just going back to when I realized it was time for me to move on. I remember one of the things exercises I kind of did, which I know a lot of MBA students do at some point is really thinking about how I wanted to spend my day at work. You know, what did a great day kind of look like? You know, what are the types of things would I, would I be working on? What skills would I be using? Uh, what types of projects would I be engaging in? And the more I started to really think about that and clarify that, the more that really led to taking on another role. And for me, that, that, that role was in, was in product marketing and uh, for a software company in, in, the, in the tech industry. And, you know, this role for me, it, it certainly leveraged a lot of strengths I built as a consultant. And I really do believe in the, the mindset and the toolkit that you learn in consulting. And it, it absolutely is something that's valuable to the work I do today. What would you say would be the top skill you gained during your time as a consultant? I think it is the ability to be able to take something, like literally anything uh, that could be defined or ambiguous to determine what does success look like and then to build a plan on how to achieve it. You get put into so many situations in consulting where it really varies in terms of the level of ambiguity to like very clear and it's just a lot of work to very unclear and where you have to define everything. And so just the ability to get thrown into a situation, uh, figure out what exactly the problem you're trying to solve is, and then back into the steps you need to take towards solving it and then actually going to do it. And generally speaking, having to do it with other people. I think that's probably the thing that has been most valuable. And you can apply that to all sorts of avenues of, of, of any type of, of job. So speaking now kind of more about the MBA, in 2019, you published a book, MBA Insider, How to Make the Most of Your MBA Experience. And it gets rave reviews on Amazon. I was looking it up. And um, can you tell us a little bit about the book, uh, both what is actually you know inside the content and also why you chose to write it? Sure. So before I talk about 2019, I think it's better to talk about 2014. So 2014 was when I was a second year in business school. And during my time in business school, during my second year, I had a little bit of free time because I knew I was going back to Deloitte. Uh, I had you know, signed my job offer. But one of the things that kept coming up was that uh, people kept asking me questions like, what is business school like? How do people use their time in business school to grow their career? And how does an MBA kind of help you in your career? And so I kept getting a lot of these questions from my friends and family who didn't go to business school. And so I just decided to start writing about it. Uh, and the more and more classmates that I talked to, the more and more my classmates told me that they were kind of facing the same kinds of uh, questions themselves. And so uh, I, I started having them share their stories on uh, my blog as well. And that blog is MBA School. And so that launched in 2014. And it was great to be able to share stories, but also share learnings tips and best practices from other MBA students, uh, and really great for knowledge sharing. Um, and what really kept coming back to me was that 
when people would check out my site, particularly other students, they would always say to me, you know, these are great, but I wish I had known some of this stuff sooner. And if I had known this sooner, then I could have gotten even more out of my MBA experience. I could have done it even better. And that really struck in me in a, in a lot of ways, because one of the things I often think about and have thought about since is that, you know, you and I are not the first people to go to business school, right? There's plenty of people who have gone before us. And if you think about the MBA experience, there are some common challenges or common elements of it that thousands of people have gone through. So let me give you an example. Uh, the first semester of business school, talk to anyone who has done that. You know it's a challenge, right? Everyone kind of goes through it. They feel it in their own kind of unique and different ways, but it is super, super challenging. Um, there's no reason why this next incoming set of MBA students can't know about what that first semester is like and get a set of best practices or tips and tricks so that they can navigate it. It won't take all the challenge away, but they can learn that so that when they go through it, they can be even more successful with it. And so that was really why I started MBA school to begin with. But you know, after writing for MBA school for many, many years, I wanted to be able to be build that into one complete book right? All of thinking about what are, what are the most important things that an incoming MBA student would need to know so that they could get the most value out of their MBA experience. And so that was really kind of the impetus for writing the book, being able to take some of the best learnings, best stories, best tips and tricks and best practices from what I had written about for five years in MBA school, going out, doing some additional research, and then putting together a how-to guide for navigating business school. Uh, and it really covers from the moment that you put down your deposit um, to when you walk across the stage of graduation. And the book itself is actually written in chronological order. And basically what it is, is that so chapter one really is about like an introduction to the transition to business school. And then chapter 10 uh, is graduation and life after business school. And each chapter walks through a different aspect of that MBA full time experience that is critical and in chronological order. And the way that each chapter is formatted, I kind of start by introducing the chapter, some of the key things that the reader needs to know. Um, I offer some of the common challenges that students typically face on the topic of that chapter. Um, I provide some key learnings and best practices based off of what I've been able to gather. Um, and then every chapter ends with not only some takeaways and action items, but with student stories. So each chapter has about four or five first-person stories uh, from real MBA students who experience that you know, particular thing in that chapter, sharing their own learnings, sharing their own stories. And so what you basically get is a how-to playbook for navigating business school that not only walks you through what the experience is going to be like from start to finish, but provides a lot of actionable and implementable um, tactics that you can use at each of those various points so that you can get the most out of that MBA experience. Last year, you launched a podcast of the same name as your book, MBA Insider, uh, which is in a similar vein to the modern MBA, sharing the stories of MBAs. What made you branch out from the blog? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, I think there's a couple a couple things that made me want to go in this direction. So first and foremost, um, I am a consumer of podcasts. I, I love podcasts. Um, and I really enjoy kind of consuming them. And so I always knew that it was something that I wanted to do. Uh, I just wasn't sure exactly how to, when I was going to do it or how I was going to do it. So that's like, number one, uh, I knew it was on the horizon. I just didn't know when, um, I think the other thing I realized is that particularly with the book, 
the book is great and it's a great kind of primer and it's great to really kind of read and consume. But with a book, you're you're confined to the word count, right? And and with podcasts, you can have the ability to go in a little bit greater detail. And many of the first guests I had on the podcast were in fact people that I featured in the book. And I just gave me a little bit more time to go in more in depth with their story or whatever it was that we wanted to talk about. And also, I mean, a big component of the book, as I mentioned, was was the fact that I was able to tell over 60 stories of different MBA students and alum. And audio is just such a great medium for being able to tell stories more so than than text and written. And so it just it just went lent really well for that. But I think bigger than that, I really wanted to be able to turn uh, uh, the book into something bigger than just the book. I really wanted to create um, more of a brand around MBA Insider. And I thought a podcast was a way to do that. And so while I do have many people that I featured in the book, I also wanted to use it as a means to kind of extend further into various audiences. You know, when you sell a book, right, your audience is whoever buys it. But with a podcast, you can really extend on, into different audiences and and for different reasons. And so in addition to certainly folks who are, I featured in the book around the podcast, um, you know, I bring in um, experts, I bring in researchers, I bring in professors, I bring in hiring managers, I bring in admissions consultants, I bring a lot of different folks um, in the MBA ecosystem to come share their insights, their learnings, their their stories, their best practices, so that my audience can can learn something from it. I couldn't agree more. Actually, that's really well said. And it is—it it really is so much fun. Like, you know, even after a full day of you know your normal nine to five or nine to however long job, I always look forward to having these chats and just just talking to people, experts and other MBA students. And could you learn so much just by listening to other people's stories? So, pursuing an entrepreneurial venture is certainly top of mind for many MBA graduates. But it's, it's often, I think, hard and people are scared to you know, take the dive. What challenges have you faced in setting up your own business and how have you tackled them? It's, it's a good question. I think that, so I'd say maybe a couple things about this. So I think, number one, um, I have a day job that I very much enjoy, which in many ways is great because it allows me to have a little bit of stability versus going on and going all in on a solo venture right? So that helps a lot. But one thing it doesn't necessarily help with, which is fine, is that there's only so many hours in a day. And so you have to be really thoughtful about where you choose to spend your free time uh, because you are you have other priorities that are important. And so just time is definitely one of them. That is definitely a challenge. I think another thing um, that is that is a challenge is that Building an audience is not easy. Um, there's never been an easier time to have the tools and technologies to put stuff out there, but getting, you know, putting out stuff that people will consistently and repeatedly come back to for um, is, is, doesn't always happen overnight. I mean, you know, for every social media influencer, for every brand builder, for every content person out there who has become an overnight sensation, there are millions of other people that are, are not like that. And, you know, for me, I started this journey six years ago and it's been a long journey and there's a lot more work that I need to do in order to grow and in order to kind of get out there. I'm a lot farther along than I was when I started, but you know, it's been, it's been a process and I've enjoyed it, but 
if you're someone who wants or thinks it's going to happen easily, it, 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 it's really not. Um, you know, I think part of the other thing too, which ties to the first point I made about time is the good news is, is that there are so many different things you can do in today's day and age if you want to be, you know, an entrepreneur. So many different ways to start a business, so many different business models, you know, particularly if you're trying to do something in the media space or something to be like a creator or using digital kind of uh, technologies. But knowing what to do or what to pursue, uh, knowing what to anchor to, and it can be really challenging, right? And I've, you know, definitely gone in a bunch of different directions over the years for some things that worked and some things I quite frankly didn't. And so sometimes it's hard to really know one, what you should be pursuing. And then the other thing is, is that sometimes you try to do all the things and then, you know, you can't do everything and, and do everything well. And so there's a little bit of challenge that comes with that. So speaking of what you, what you decide, then what is your, not, I wouldn't say your end goal, but where do you go next for MBA Insider and MBA Schooled? What I want to do is um, I really want to create a space and a community to help MBAs navigate transformation and transition. And that kind of happens obviously through the content that I deliver, whether that's a podcast, whether that's a blog post. Um, and if you think about all the different transition points, you know, it kind of aligns really nicely in terms of getting into business school, you know, succeeding, you know, in the internship search or, and then or, and through the different aspects and elements of the program and then, you know, life after business school. So. I definitely want to create and I'm trying to create a community for people to come to for MBA students and alum to come uh, to help navigate those transformation and transition and inflection points. If people listening would like to find out more, how can they get in touch with you? How where can they go to to see your content and hear your podcast? They can check out the MBA Insider podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, always love saying that, um, but but it's true. Um, so you can definitely go there. You can go to mbaschool.com uh, at any given time. And if you go to mbaschool.com and you go to the community tab, uh, you can join our newsletter and get up to date on the latest information, the latest events, um, job postings, et cetera. Brilliant. And, and MBA Insider, the book, you can get it on Amazon. Are there any other places where, the, where it's readily available? Yes. No, Amazon is the best. Uh, Amazon's the best place to get it. You are right about that. Thank you for plugging it because I certainly forgot to. <laughs> You're welcome. As an MBA expert, what would you say is a misconception you find people have before they go into an MBA? Yeah, that's a good, it's a good question. So what I would say is that number one, um, you know, I think sometimes people hear things and they think it's universally true when it's more locally true for a specific individual, right? And so let me give an example of that. Um, oftentimes you hear kind of the narrative that, oh, um, an MBA is a two-year vacation, right? And that may be true if for some people, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be true for you. If you are someone going into business school that is sponsored, that you know doesn't have to worry about getting a job after business school that has you know a lot of money like yeah like an MBA can be a two year vacation from whatever it was you were coming from but for many students that is not the case at all right or another example would be um, sometimes you know you you talk to a student or you talk to other students who are in business school and they're like oh yeah 
you have time in business school to kind of explore and figure out and find yourself to figure out like what it is that you want to do. For again, for some students, that can be true. And there absolutely are schools that do really encourage people to take their time to do that. But again, that said, if you are trying to go into investment banking or consulting, um, that's a little bit less true, right? Because those are two fields that recruit very early on in the process. And so there's just, I think, some sometimes some things that sometimes people confuse for being universally true for being locally true. And so I think what that really means and what I really encourage people is to better understand when you're getting advice and information from someone, myself included, uh, what uh, is that person, what were they optimizing for or what were their goals? And does that align with you? And part of the reason why I really like telling the stories from so many different MBA students is to give people a diverse smattering of the different ways in which people are optimizing for different goals. The value of an MBA really does come in the fact you can use it for a lot of different things, but ultimately it's not going to be always be the same between people. And so I think one of the misconceptions that it really centers around this idea that um, uh, people kind of take you know, what they think are universal truths, uh, when in reality, they're more local and specific truths. all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye! Bye! Bye!